Hello, and welcome to Living Proof, the teaching ministry of Joseph Castillo. We encourage you to listen to today's message over and over again, so that the Word of God will be in your spirit. Be a blessing, share it with your friends, and we pray that you'll be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We also invite you to visit us online at www.anifbeijing.com.
Sometimes if you listen closely, you can hear his, his voice like the sound of, of oceans. Sometimes if you look clearly enough, you can see the, the smoke that, that fills the throne of God. Sometimes when you look closely, you can come into into the holies of holies. You can come into the, before the throne of God. Sometimes when you look closely and worship and stillness before God, your, your spirit man can assimilate into the presence of God before the throne. And everything that's holy and sacred and glorious about His presence can begin to come upon you can begin to fill the room. It can begin to, to, to come upon your scent. Even as the three Hebrew boys were thrown into the fiery furnace, they came out. There was not a smell of smoke that was upon them. But you can come into the presence of God to the place where even when you come out, the smell of the smoke the presence of God is upon you. Hallelujah. And people will turn and they'll look and they'll catch notice of you because the scent of heaven is upon you as you've been in his presence. So let's just take a, a moment today in his presence. Knowing that in his presence there is life fed to us. Healing fed to us. Restoration fed to us. For your youth, the Bible says, is renewed like an eagle in its presence. Sometimes we, we're not sure whether to worship God, the Father, or worship Jesus. But you could be assured when you're worshiping Jesus that you are worshiping God. Because Jesus said in the New Testament, when you worship Him, when you glorify the Son, here is the Father pleased. When you worship Jesus, the Father is pleased. <laughs> Isn't that something? So you can feel confident to put your adoration, your affection of worshiping Jesus and the Father is pleased in that. Now there's nothing wrong if you're worshiping the Father and you're worshiping God and you're, you're projecting your worship towards the Father. Nothing wrong with that. But Jesus said the Father is glorified when you worship me. Amen. So there's times when we're led to glorify the Lamb because the Bible says that God bestowed that upon his only son. It says in Hebrews, of which time did he say to any of the other angels, you know, to, to sit at my right hand beside me to worship him. He said only, Hebrews says, to Jesus was given that right and privilege. So it glorifies God to worship the Lamb, to praise the Lamb, to sing worthy as the Lamb. Nothing glorifies the Father more than to glorify the Lamb of God. So you can worship Jesus and glorify the Lamb in total confidence and not feel like you're robbing God. 
by, by glorifying the man of God in Jesus Christ. And there's only one book in the Bible that promises a blessing if you read it. And that is the book of the revelation of the Lamb, the revelation of Jesus. And in the book of the revelation of Jesus, we see all the glory and all the honor coming to the Lamb of God. And even there was in heaven a, a great controversy. Who can open this final and last seal? And finally one came out of the mists of them. And it was the image of the Son of Man, the Lamb of God, was the only one in heaven worthy. Amen. There's some great apostles and some great prophets, but there's only one in heaven worthy. Hallelujah. That's why the 24 elders and the, the, that are in heaven, that are kings and priests of God, they throw their crowns down before that one who is worthy. So when you worship Jesus, you are glorifying God. Now I had to struggle with that more than maybe other people because I came from the Jehovah Witness background. So we were quite confused on that. But I want us to be confident in worshiping Jesus that you're worshiping God. Hallelujah. Let's, I'll read. You don't have to, you can look. And as you play, I'll read Revelation. Chapter 1, you can continue to play. I gave you for all of these four chapters. But let me just read Revelation 1 because it's a blessing on those who read this word. Revelation 1, verse 1 says, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto John, to show unto his servants things which might shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. Verse 2. Who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come and from the seven spirits which are before his throne. How many of you guys would like a visitation from the seven spirits of God that's before the throne? This is what almost all of the non-mystic church world is missing. They're, they're, they're missing an encounter with the seven spirits of God. This is why they lack presence and power and anointing. <laughs> As Pastor Augustine said, meeting with some pastors... There is no weightiness, no, no presence on them because they don't know anything about being in the presence of the seven spirits of God. Amen. Which the Bible tells us here, they're before the throne, but the scripture also says that they're running. The Bible says that the seven spirits of God are the eyes of the Lord in Zechariah. And it says that the eyes of the Lord, which are the seven spirits of God, are running to and fro throughout the earth looking for whom 
they can show themselves strong through. So these seven spirits that are before the throne are looking for a human that they can express themselves through. Well, who is the human they can express themselves through? Any blood-washed, born-again believer that says, here I am, send me, use me, Lord, to be a channel for your anointing. There is a man by the name of Tommy Hicks. He had a great vision. And this is something that I've, I really believe God spoke to me about this week. And in this vision, Tommy Hicks, you should all download the vision and you should read it because it is the most pivotal revelation vision given to the church, I believe. I believe since the Bible was written, you know, to me, it is the most pivotal revelation since the Bible was written and completed. And in this vision, God shows Tommy Hicks what shall take place in the last days. Tommy Hicks was the great Argentinian revivalist who came to the country of Argentina and God spoke to him and gave him a word for the president and said the president was dying of a certain disease. So Tommy Hicks went and finally, after much tries, got a hold of the president and got audience with the president, which was a miracle story in itself. I don't have time to tell you that story. But he got into the president's presence told him that disease that he had and prayed for him and the the president was just astounded because he had kept it a secret. Nobody knew he had that disease. And he prayed for him and ministered to him and he was so touched. I don't remember whether there was a miracle that took place or not, but that alone was a miracle enough, you know. And the president said to him, what can I do for you? What can Argentina do for you? And he said, I want the football stadium, the largest stadium in the country. And I want you to give it to me for X amount of you know, time. And I want to use it for an evangelistic campaign. So the president said, you have it. So here this, this kind of you know, broke missionary struggling to try and you know, reach one or two people on the street. Now he's granted the audience with the president and given the stadium of the country. And so he went on with his campaign every night, preaching about how the Virgin Mary, because the country was Catholic, the Virgin Mary had to be filled with the Holy Spirit and receive the baptism of tongues. So he preached that message every night and gave altar calls and got all the Catholics saved, got all the Catholics filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. And that was the great Argentinian revival. Today, Argentina is still in revival with Claudio Frejan and and uh, Carlos Anaconda and many, many great men of God have been, you know, in the last 20 years, 30 years of revival in in Argentina, all sparked by Tommy Hicks. And he led tens of thousands of people in stadium night by night by night to Christ. And while he was back from Argentina in Winnipeg, Canada, the Spirit of God woke him one night in great terror. And he was fell into a trance and had an open vision. And in this open vision, you can read about it in great detail online. But in the open vision, one of the things that transpired is that he saw the planet Earth and he saw, as it were, a giant laying down along among the Earth. And this giant was sleeping. 
and it was all black and dark because he was covered by these hideous creatures and, and beings and he was covered with all these like bugs and scorpions and just all these spirits and he was covered and the spirit of God told him this is my church in the, in the last hour it's sleeping and when uh, uh, something transpired in heaven and this giant began to, to kind of like move around like he was tr- kind of waking out of slumber when he would kind of get up to like, kind of move around or switch sides or kind of shake all those hideous creatures would just would scatter when he would get up then he'd fall back asleep and they'd come back over him and then he would move a little bit have a little tremor and they would scatter off of him and then they would come back on as he fell back asleep again. And that's a picture of, in this final hour, a picture of little revivals here and little revivals there, little pools of blessings and little, you know, oh, this church has been growing really fast in this one city, but only that church and the city is still not really impacted. This is a picture of, of that, you know. And then finally the time came where this giant had woke up and he stood up and then the vision transitioned and this giant now was the body of Christ all across the world in every country from South America, Africa, Europe. It was the saints of God all across the world and a bowl of oil began to be poured from heaven like the vision of Zechariah, the oil coming from the seven lampstands. And the oil began to be poured out, but he saw something that was so disturbing to him. And what he saw was many of the Christians who when the oil began to come down from heaven, they turned their head. They put their head down, they turned away, and they walked away in rejecting the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And he said, for those that had denied the oil and turned their head and turned away, they fell into great darkness. But those who gladly received the oil that was being poured out from heaven, it came upon them. And they were covered in this oil and they began to perform miracles and signs and wonders. And then in the vision, he saw them preaching in one city and revival taking place in, in the Middle East and in Pakistan and Muslims would try and come and stone them and kill them and they would be they would be translated from that city to another city and they would be doing miracles and healing and preaching in other cities and they were translated and they were operating as signs and wonders but those that denied to walk in the power of the spirit they fell into deep darkness and the vision continues on with what transpires this week the Holy Spirit I believe spoke to me and said we are in the hour of the outpouring of the Spirit and there are those who are seeking it and receiving it and they're being prepared to walk in it but all the great mega churches and ministries and, and Christian camps that are afraid 
of it, ashamed of it. To speak in tongues publicly, on stage, to, to lay hands, to demonstrate it. He said to me, those are the ones that turned their head in Tommy Hicks' vision and chose not to do those things. And he said, we are in that time where those pastors fell into darkness. So I believe that that is happening right now. That that vision is presently, we are in the moments of that vision. That those pastors that don't open up their church to the Holy Spirit, that don't open up to the fresh oil, don't open up to signs, wonders, miracles, they're going to fall further and further into darkness. And we've seen this happening with, you know, Hillsong Church. We see this happening with, you know, many mega churches. We're seeing pastors committing suicide. We're seeing pastors fall into adultery. We're seeing this happen in uh, these great successful ministries that are quasi-charismatic Pentecostal that have, you know, even roots in it, but have turned away in shame. They're ashamed of it. Falling into darkness. So I believe it's a great warning that Tom Higgins gave us that if we don't embrace the Holy Ghost, we'll fall into darkness. And I believe one of those one of those manifestations of darkness is in doctrine. I believe that doctrine will begin to be more watered down and become more compromised and is going to become even spiritually worse. Now, he didn't say that there weren't they weren't Christian anymore, but they fell into darkness. So I really believe that we are now in that time. We are in the time where the seven spirits of God before the throne, I believe, are being poured out for those who are, who are saying, this is the God's finest hour. This is the world's finest hour. I want to be a part of it, God. And we're hungry for it, hungry for revival. Verse 5. And from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests unto God and his father. There are people who believe there is no father. <laughs> That, that this oneness, we had a dinner this week with people who are oneness. They're like, well, you're oneness, right? I said, no, it's very clear. It's not, there is a Father and there is the Holy Spirit. Well, it says right here that Jesus made us kings and priests unto God, his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever, amen. Behold, he cometh with clouds and every eye shall see him. Remember, in the second coming, every eye will see him. But in the rapture, only his church will see him. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. So at the second coming, it is a dreadful day. Many people will wail and weep and, 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 and because they did not serve him before and here verse 8 Jesus says I am Alpha and Omega the beginning and the ending 
For those that don't believe that the Christ is eternal, that he is part of the Godhead, he says here, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning and the end, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God. He was banished for preaching the word and for his testimony of Jesus Christ. He said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, meaning that the Lord had taken him in the spirit realm to the day of the Lord, taken him to the, to the final hour. And I heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in the book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus and unto Smyrna and unto Pergamos and unto Thyatira and unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. Actually, you know Philadelphia. It's the cream cheese. Amen. <laughs> and I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot and gird about with paps with a girdle, golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, meaning he was African. <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> he has hair like wool. African people have hair like wool. So do North African, you know. So he, he, he obviously, we know, he, Michael Colionos, Jesus' image was not Jesus' image at all. He looked like a Middle Eastern, North African, okay? He had hair like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet like unto fine brass, as if they were burned in a furnace. Once again, speaking of his color, he was not looking like the Jesus image of my good friend Michael's logo of Jesus. And his voice were as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars. And out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And I laid his right hand upon me. Excuse me, and he laid. He laid his right hand upon me. Somebody says, where is falling out in the Bible? Right. Revelation 1.17. He said, when I saw him, I fainted. I fell as dead, meaning he fainted under the power of God. Was out. And then he laid hands, his right hand upon him, saying unto him, fear not. I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead and behold, am alive. Hallelujah. He lived, he died, and now he's alive again. Amen. Forevermore. 
Amen. And I have the keys of hell and death. Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest at my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are, he's telling who the, who the stars are. The seven stars are the angels, meaning the pastors. Without, without getting to a teaching, those are the pastors. Are the pastors of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. Amen. So Jesus begins to share with John what this vision means that he saw. It's interesting that Daniel in the Old Testament was called the beloved of God. John in the New Testament was called the beloved of God. It was Daniel that Jesus quoted when he talked about what should be the sign at the end, what should take place in the last hour. Jesus quoted Daniel the prophet. Even by name, he said, Daniel said. So we see here that those entrusted with apocalyptic revelation were those who were closest to the heart of Jesus. There's all kinds of Christians. I don't know how you see yourself. I see myself more as a Peter, you know. But John was the one that was the beloved of God. John was the youngest of all the apostles. And he just loved to be with Jesus Everywhere Jesus was, he was he was just tagged right along beside him. He was Jesus' shadow. When he slept, he slept with his head on Jesus' lap. No homo. There was no no feeling of, of, of any kind of perversion. He was it was like being with his his daddy. He was intimate with Jesus. And therefore he was the beloved of God. We might not have that kind of personality where we're, you know, know how to be intimate with people or even other men. But John, he was a sweet boy. And Jesus just loved his sweetness. And Jesus entrusted out of all the apostles, the great Peter who preached on the day of Pentecost, who cut off the ears of those who tried to get him, the one who was bold and fearless, you know. But it was sweet little John that he trusted with the revelation of Jesus Christ which I believe should encourage us all to number one be lovers of Jesus to sit at his feet and desire over all things intimacy with Jesus amen amen father we thank you for the reading of your word today we thank you father God for this relationship that little John had with you that he was given the privilege. You even said, when you walked the earth with your apostles, you said, not all of you shall pass before you see the Son of Man coming in his glory. And Peter died, and all the other apostles died. Andrew and all the apostles died. But one lived to see the Son of Man coming in his glory. It was little John, your beloved. And Father God, as we might love the great works that Thomas did in India and Peter did and, and, and all the apostles, 
Father God, we desire to be John's lovers of you that regardless of our exploits and our ministries and our how successful we are or aren't that our priority is to sit at the lap of Jesus to put our heads on your chest to, to, to dip with you to sup with you to be your best friend to love you to adore you to worship you to be close and intimate with you And Father God, we have no qualms to be masculine, strong men, but to be lovers of God, like David was, Father God, like John was, God. To passionately and devoutly love and worship you and adore you, Father God. We thank you, Jesus, that even today as we go out to minister, to see this city, to pray, that you would go with us, that the angels would go before us and, and that, Father God, your presence would be with us to redeem America. And God, we declare, as even Tommy Hicks saw in the vision, the oil being poured out from heaven, we claim today that we believe, God, that we are part of that vision. And we are those that say, send us, pour out your oil upon us. Pour out your oil upon us, God. For we don't want to do preachings. We don't want to do worship. We don't want to do evangelism. We don't want to do any ministries without the oil of the Holy Spirit. We want the power and the glory, the glory, the glory from heaven to be upon everything that we do. And we expect miraculous God. We expect miraculous, God. We expect the glory of God to be in our mouth and upon our, upon our being and in our, in our doings, Father God. We expect the glory, the oil from heaven. That even greater than you poured out in the 40s and 50s with the voice of healing, that even greater is coming and we, dec- we, we believe it's even now. And we ask you, God, to let us be a part of it In the name of Jesus, we make ourselves available for that oil from the candlesticks of heaven. had to stop the recording at that point, but you might be listening right now and you say, Pastor Joey, I wanted to pray that prayer. If I was there, I would have prayed with you. I'd like to pray right now, as a matter of fact. I'd like to give my life to Jesus Christ. I would like to have God in my life, and I'd like to know Jesus as my Savior and my Lord and surrender my life to Him. You know, repentance means to turn away from your way of doing things and to turn to God's way. We've done things our own way. Like they used to say in Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous, when I did the 12 steps, they said, your best decisions and your best ways of thinking and your best ways to handle life have gotten you to this situation. And now it's time to trust a higher power. Well, there is no higher power than the God of all the earth. His name is Jehovah. And he sent his son Jesus to die for you. And through him, you can turn from your way of doing things to his way. 
and His way is the right way because He made you and He made you for a purpose and He knows exactly what you need to pull out your potential to forgive you of your sins, deliver you from the things that keep you away from God in a sin and death cycle. And if you'd open up your heart to Him right now, together with me, God can begin a new work in your life. So just pray with me wherever you're at, whether you're driving your car, whether you're at home, uh, wherever you are, just, just pray with me and repeat after me. Say, Father, I come to you now in the name of Jesus. I ask you to forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me in the blood of Jesus. I believe that your son died for my sins. And on the third day, he was raised from the dead. From this day forward, I belong to you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, I'd like you to contact me. And we can send you some more resources and materials that can help you start this new life. Because this is the first day of the rest of your life. Email me at joe at nationsabroad.com or email the church at nfcontact at gmail.com. And we'd love to speak with you and just correspond with you and put you on the right path. Maybe help you find some local churches there online or something. Or maybe we know some pastors there that can follow up with you and help teach you the Word of God. Thank you for listening. And feel free to download the other podcasts and just feed on the Word of God.